So Money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So Money episode 1393, how to overcome overwhelm and bring your book to life with Rochelle Fredson. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. The key to really coming up, you're laughing because you know, yeah, the key to coming up with your book idea is to really say, how do I bring my own fresh and unique spin to something that's tried and true? How do I not freak a publisher out with a brand new idea, which you don't need? Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Are you overwhelmed by all the moving pieces that are required when writing, editing, and publishing a book? You've got a great idea. You just don't know how to bring it to life. Well, you've turned to the right episode. Our guest today is Rochelle Fretzen. You've probably heard me talk about her. She's been on the podcast before. She is my personal book proposal writing coach. She helped me finish my book proposal. And now the book is coming to life. It's going to be out next year. It's called A Healthy State of Panic. And I wanted to bring Michelle back on the show to talk a little bit about what she's noticed in the publishing landscape over the last year since she's been on the show, what books are selling, what's the new advice that she has for authors. And she has an exciting new digital program. If this is the time for you to get that book out in the world and you just need that nudge and that expert guidance, Rochelle has launched a brand new course called the Book Proposal Blueprint. It's the literal blueprint for your book, how to write it, how to sell it, how to bring it to life. Here's Rochelle Fretzen. Rochelle Fredson, welcome back to So Money. I am so stoked for this conversation. We are going to talk about all the things I really love and you love, which is book writing and entrepreneurship and online courses. Although I'm not someone who probably should ever do an online course. I tried it and it's just never, it's just not me. And I actually read about it in my book um, because I had online course FOMO. Like I was like, I have to do a course. Everyone's doing a course. But some are better positioned to do this like you. And we're going (laughs) to talk about um, what you have in store for our audience. But first, let's just recap and reintroduce you to the So Money community. You've been on the show before. Why? Because I am not just a friend, but a client. (laughs) And uh, you helped me really, Rochelle. I mean, I... I can't say this enough. You really helped me get out of the weeds of 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 this. I think where a lot of people who attempt to write books begin, which is what what am I doing? Can I even do this? How do I get this done? Trying to get a proposal out the door in the heat of the pandemic um, is. I mean, I just saying that out loud, it sounds impossible. <laughs> but you helped me get to the finish line and. The book is called A Healthy State of Panic. It's coming out next fall. I'm getting goosebumps. Huge thank you to you for for getting me there. And, and I, you know, I only bring the best people on the show. People who <laughs> like they they have they walk the walk, they talk the talk, and they've helped me too get further along in my life. And that's Rochelle. So first, tell us a little bit about your business and 
what your passion is and how you help your clients write their books. Mm, first of all, thanks for having me back. I love being here. I love being with your audience. I think that, you know, when I started my business, I had already spent 15 years in house uh, with a big publisher. And what I really wanted to do in my next phase was help all the people that didn't have the roadmap to get published, right? Because my job was looking at book proposals and helping to decide what we would invest in and what we would launch and then and then navigating those launches with the authors. And there were so many great book ideas that would come across my desk that we just couldn't take on because there was an element that was missing. Maybe the person didn't think about who their reader was or the idea wasn't baked enough or something was missing. And I thought, I want to get to these people. I want to I want to help the people that are on a mission to get their book out into the world and create an impact but don't have the roadmap to do it. And that's precisely why I wanted to work with you because you had that insider baseball knowledge of what publishers are looking for. And what a pity that you write this proposal, you put it out there and it's missing a few ingredients and that can be your make or break. It's like you know, I just applied for a passport for my daughter and I put the wrong social security number on her oh. application. I put her brother's social security number on there. So now I'm like, I'm in the midst of like correcting that. I've lost weeks. Thankfully yep. our trips. But anyway, I digress. The point is little errors like that can make or break. And tell us about who you're helping out these days. Who are your clients that are desiring to write books? And Later, we'll talk about how the industry is also changing. Last time you were on, we were talking about how publishers were becoming more inclusive and mm. editors were becoming more diverse and you know, it used to be a very whitewashed industry. Yeah. Um, and that's changing, which is good. But first, tell us, who do you work with? Who are these folks besides me? Yeah. And to your point about um, the passport, I mean, when it comes to book proposals and getting your idea in front of the right people, it's that old adage, right? You only get that first chance, that one chance. That was my point. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, let's please do it right the first time. I want to set you up for success. My clients are, are a huge chunk of them are entrepreneurs. A lot of people that have built their own business, they have coaching practices or consulting businesses. Some of them are in corporate, have climbed the ladder, are ready to write a book to, you know, get on more stages and get more interviews and be in media, right? A lot of my folks are change makers and thought leaders because they know that writing a book is a tool to grow your business. And so for them, you know, it's there's there's a lot of opportunity that goes beyond what's held in the pages of the book. It helps to bring people into focus for their programs and other things that they're doing. Not everyone should write a book though, right? And you mentioned a book being a tool. There are many tools that entrepreneurs can leverage to grow their audience. I just had a guest on the show who's leveraging TikTok. Mm. Uh, now she's a comedian, not necessarily like, I don't think she'd describe herself as a change maker or a thought leader. Although- you should really go back and, and listen to Leah Rudick because she is she's making me think her comedy is so spectacular. Um, but I guess I, what I want to hear from you is you know how if you're listening to this episode, how do you know if you've got it? Because listen, it's not easy writing a book. Yeah. Not everyone is up for it or really should do it. There's other ways. To yeah. get out there. You're right. And there's, I kind of look at it in two lanes. The first lane is perhaps the person who has a certain framework or something that they do in they, their business that has repetition to it. They've done it enough times that they have feedback. They know what the readers will want from them. It's not just something they're putting down on the page for the first time and figuring it out as they go. It's somebody who has, has done the practice of figuring it out you know, what they want to teach people. And then there's the folks who are writing really for creative 
pursuit, right? The folks that maybe want to write their memoir or short personal essays or things like your beautiful upcoming book will be as a showcase for who they are in the world and as a, a creative passion to do so. It doesn't matter which lane you're in. If you want to traditionally or hybrid publish, you need the book proposal. So you have to do that foundational work. And what I find is that when people go through that foundational work, they get really clear on who they want to be, not only in the world, if I can sound like cliche, but really understand what their purpose is, but show up more fully in their business and show up with such clarity in their book. So there's this element of discovery that happens. So people don't have to be 100% certain when they sit down to begin their book proposal process. You need to be really certain by the time you submit that proposal though. I personally love the self-help books that integrate science with a counterintuitive thesis. Um, I'm tired of the you go get it girl finance books girl and boss, yeah. <laughs> how to how to like be happier. There was a period in my life where I was open to those books and I yeah. feel like I got what I needed and I would love to hear like what are the titles and the topics that are really winning over editors and readers right now? Yeah, I mean, especially because we're coming out of a pandemic, there was a lot of talk about discovery, a lot of learning that we did in that time. And so we're starting to see an influx of books that are rooted in um, trauma, um, both through the psychological lens, therapists, practitioners, things like that, but also from people's personal lens, right? Because lived and learned experience are equally valuable when it comes to a book. We're seeing topics like loneliness. We're seeing topics like substance abuse. It's rising for women more than ever before, right? Women carried a huge load during the pandemic, especially um, parents and working moms and things like that. So a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of um, advocacy, right? So creating that more inclusive environment in the publishing space, which we touched on last time I was here, um, I love to see that that's still thriving. So things like indigenous wisdom, Right and and anti racism through uh, the way we look at our bodies and the way that we look at food and the way that we look at parenting. So there's all of these cool topics that are on the rise. But the truth is, publishers are incredibly afraid of risk. So the key to really coming up, right, you're laughing because you know, yeah, the key to coming up with your book idea is to really say, how do I bring my own fresh and unique spin to something that's tried and true? How do I not freak a publisher out with a brand new idea, which you don't need? You know, the idea of loneliness and isolation is not a new topic, but it, there's a lot of new knowledge that comes to the table coming out of a pandemic. So how do you bring your spin to something that's already proven in the market? Mm. And that's where you come in, uh, <laughs> in many cases. What I found, and I experienced this, you know, you have a lot of different ideas. Before I discovered, before I landed on a healthy state of panic, which is my, um, my offering to my audience on how I make decisions and how actually fear is, for me, a catalyst for growth and can be for you too. Um, but to get there, oh my God, it took years. You know, because I went from like, oh, I want to write another book and I'm kind of tired about writing about money exclusively and kind of have like this weird upbringing and my family's kind of kooky. I wonder if there's a way to bridge it. And it, the, I mean, literally the plant was seeded, I want to say in 2017. Mm. Okay. So it's coming out in 2023. So six years. So this is why I'm saying like, if you have <laughs> no patience, if you are not in it for the long haul and for the, 
you know, the big finish line at the end. Um, maybe, you know, you, you try something else. Do the course, do something digitally. Do something digital, <laughs> right. You can self-publish. What, what are the ingredients that publishers are looking for besides, like you talked about, this idea that is um, not too risky, but also irreverent and new and fresh? What are they looking for in the author? Mm-hmm. Personality, first and foremost. I think that's the most common thing that people leave out when they're developing their book idea and especially in their book proposal, right? And just for anyone listening that doesn't know, the book proposal is like the key to entry, right? It's your document that pitches the book vision and you. And it's the only thing that agents and publishers will read. So the book proposal might is- Google you though too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. The book proposal is, is the shot. And what happens is people often come to that very mechanically. So the proposal and- anything that you're writing from this point forward should really hold your personality, write in hashtags, write in whatever, you know, slang you use, whatever it is, like, let it be you. Um, The other thing is um, some track record, some, some proof, right? So if you're writing something that you're saying changes lives, or if you're writing something that says, I have a plan for, they're going to want the proof for that. So they're going to say, how long have you been running your program, right? What are, what have the results been? They're going to look at your social media and your website to see how how you're showing up as a teacher and a leader or a business person, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're out in the world doing the thing before you write about it. And that is if you're writing, you know, a nonfiction prescriptive book. If you're writing a memoir or short stories or something like that, they're looking for a strong storyline, right? Good memoir should read like fiction. So they're looking for something that feels like they can drop into the moment and be there with you. That often comes down to the quality of the Ooh. writing. Reads like fiction. That's what I want for my book, even though it's not exclusively memoir, but it's um, it's like a big idea memoir, as my editor yeah. Michelle says. Like, uh, you know, and I, the word memoir is like, okay, I'm not Taylor Swift, so let's relax. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the beauty of a, a style like yours and uh, Jen Winston did it with her book Greedy is it gives you permission to not have to tell everything in a linear fashion. It's like, what are the moments from my life that I want to share that have a point to them? Because the truth is, and this is can be triggering for people, your book isn't about you. Mm-hmm. right? Your book's about the reader. Your book contains you and it holds you and it has your vision and your voice, but it's all about connecting with the reader and the reader having their own reflections and the reader taking action in their own way. So um, I love the way that your book is organized. And I think that's actually a really um, topical style of book. I think it's a growing genre. Mm-hmm. You're so right about the importance of reminding yourself that your book is about the reader. I get caught in that loop because uh, in conversation with my editor recently, I was like, did you feel like Farnoosh went on an arc in this book? She's like, (laughs) yeah, but I mostly felt like the reader went on an arc. And that's, I think, more important. No offense. (laughs) Okay. We love you, but it's not about you. Yeah. Relax. You and I work together intimately over the course of eight, nine, ten weeks. I had you, uh, you know, at the ready helping me, and and that's one way that you work with your clients. But you're also expanding and making yourself more accessible through an online program. Tell me how you're capturing and bottling up the essence that is you in a digital program in a digital format. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a lot of personality. So the whole thing, (laughs) the whole goal was to not lose that when you're staring down the barrel of a camera teaching modules. But the whole point was to create 
a model that was really accessible for people. Obviously, to work with me privately comes at a certain price point, and I love to do it. It's a little bit more intensive. But also, there are people out there that can't show up to regular meetings, or they they're you know they're parents and and they have the time to do it at like 10 p.m. or 2 a.m. or whenever it works for them. And for most people, they've been putting their book idea on the back burner for years. They've got multiple Google Docs, you know, piles of Post-its, journal entries that hold all these ideas, but they haven't taken action. So my goal was to create a program that used the same framework that's proven and has led to millions of dollars in book deals to bring that in a digital format where people can really access all that wisdom and do it self-guided. But we have five virtual office hour sessions where people can connect with me and get feedback and work through challenges because it was really important to me to have my fingers in everybody's business because that's just who I am, (laughs) but to know that they weren't alone, right? Because any creative project is going to bring up vulnerability, comparison, concerns about our content. Am I doing this right? So I wanted to make sure that there were elements of uh, touch points for me to connect with Mm. people. What do you want your clients to bring to the table? Like the disposition that they should have or like how to get through some of these writing blocks or even just idea blocks because Mm. maybe they have a lot of ideas and they're feeling stuck. Uh, But like you can help them walk through that and filter through that. But to some extent, they have to also bring some that, what is that? I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for the word. What is it's that accountability. thing? That they have accountability. They have accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They've got to have accountability. And, and if I think of all the people in the world that say, I want to write a book someday and never actually do it, that's the majority. So you have to be in the mindset and be ready to do the work, quite frankly. But you don't have to have it all figured out. When you start this program, we spent a great deal of time in the first two modules helping people land on their right book idea because there is a strategy, a strategy to choosing that first book out of the gate. And so I wanted to walk them through my method to get there. So even if they're feeling like I've got a few books in me, I'm not sure which one comes first, they'll know once they go through the program. And then we dive into the deeper work of the book proposal and tackle all those emotional components we talked about, right? Overwhelm, vulnerability, comparison, writer's block. So I made sure to tackle all the things that happen in our brains, in our hearts, um, and could lead to someone derailing, we made sure that wasn't going to happen. Tell us how we can learn more. And then I have a lot of other questions about <laughs> this, like the state of the industry. And and I think you're writing a book too. Isn't Rochelle working on a book? Well, Rochelle turned her focus to this digital program. Uh-huh. I know. And I will be you going back to it. course again. I know, I know. I'm 75% done with my own book proposal. Wow, but for okay. people who want to learn about the book proposal blueprint, again, it's a 10-week program. You have lifetime access to the modules. So you, can, you don't have to complete in 10 weeks. Um, it's rochellefredson.com forward slash blueprint. We are uh, open until the 12th for enrollment. So if they're thinking about it, now is the time to act. And uh, I hope to see them in there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will uh, put that link in our show notes. Again, I uh, cannot endorse you and your ideas and your process enough because clearly it led to my book deal and others I know. I've referred you to folks and I've heard also great feedback from others. So uh, listeners, like this is, uh, Rochelle is not um, giving me any like money. We are not like in a, (laughs) (laughs) she's not not giving me any side, whatever. Like there's no, uh, there's no deal here. I'm just, I'm just a big fan. Thank you. All right. 
how would you characterize the state of publishing today as so far as their um, interest in publishing uh, books that are by uh, authors of color? Because we saw a bit of that, right? Right yeah. around George Floyd's murder and obviously Black Lives Matter movement helped to set our heads straight and get us to really realize the importance of inclusivity in, in many ways. And so is that enduring or have we gone back a little bit? No, I, it's still enduring. And and I think there's a lot of space for growth still. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of titles acquired that are really rooted in I, I, like Latina culture. I've got a couple books coming out um, that are wonderful around finance for Latinas, around climbing the corporate ladder for Latinas, right? It's just, it's a lot of fun to help amplify the voices that need to be heard. And I think publishers have really woken up to that. And I think, like I said, there's a lot of space for growth still, but we're seeing some really cool titles getting acquired and starting to hit the market. And it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. Great. Okay. What's your book about? Why aren't you writing it? What's going on? <laughs> What's that 25% going to take? It's going to take time. Um, <laughs> my book is going to be very similar to the framework that I teach in my course. So this is a really great lesson for people who think that if they teach something one way, they can't teach it in any other capacity, right? If we look at social media, right? We know when we post, not everyone is seeing it. Not everyone is responding to it. So, you know, if you have a program, you can have a course, you can have a book, they can all be married and rooted in the same teachings and, and you'll still reach new people. So my book will be about the process I take people through that tackles the journey of authorship and how to execute it successfully. Count me down for at least <laughs> five to 10 copies, signed copies. We should give them away. It's so funny. Um, Let's hope my agent isn't listening to this and calls me and says, give me that proposal tomorrow. <laughs> well, you brought up the agent. Uh, so you mentioned that you know the, the, the publishing, the traditional publishing landscape is very traditional and has its process seeds yeah. and how do you even go about getting the agent? Mm, great question. Um, an agent is your most important advocate in the publishing process, right? Because they're going to put you in front of the right editors and the right publishers. They're going to negotiate your deal. They're going to tackle any problems that come up in your process. So it's really, really valuable. Um, and the way to attract the right agent for you is to create a great book proposal. <laughs> Not to always bring it back to the book proposal, but that's really how it's done. Uh, so it, the more that you show up as yourself in your book proposal, the more you tick all the boxes of what they're looking for, which is precisely what the program does, mm -hmm. um, the more likely you are to get the right agent that sees the vision in you and is ready to walk into the room and, and sell you because you're not always in the room, right? They're going to go and do their half of the job and get you the meetings, and then, then it's then you get to shine. But they're carrying a great weight at the beginning by by pitching you out to publishers that are going to be in alignment for you. So you have to have a strong book proposal that sells that vision, so the agent can do their mm -hmm. job. So you know, one of the tricky ways to do it is look into books that you love. Look at their acknowledgments. They always think they're agents, right? Um, and then there's their services, right? Like Query Tracker or Publishers Marketplace. Mm -hmm. What I would not do is just email one of those folks and say, I have a book idea. Like that is the fastest way to go into like the junk folder forever. I would just go through the book proposal process, come out with that shining document and put your best foot forward. How important is your social media following? And I, and I ask this because 
well, yeah, maybe the answer is just you got to have a lot of followers and that works to your advantage. But we know now that that doesn't always equate to book buys. And Mm -hmm. I think publishers are catching on to this. And so when you're trying to make your case for why you're going to be not a risky bet, like you're going to sell books, what should you highlight? And if you don't have a positive or big social media following, does it really hurt you? So publishers love thriving platforms, but I think where everyone gets caught up is in thinking that social media is the only part of the platform that counts. And you're right. Publishers are starting to notice that the correlation between followers and book buyers is getting smaller with each passing year. So what they're really looking for is they're looking to say, what other elements, what other buckets of the platform are you filling and are you focusing on? So are you contributing articles? Are you on podcasts? Do you have your own podcast? Are you blogging? Are you taking stages and like doing speaking events? Like what else are you doing? And if you're writing a book that is to enhance your business, then they're going to look under the hood of your business and say, what programs are you running that are going to help sell this book long-term? Do you have a group program, a membership? Do you, you know, are you um, hosting retreats, right? Do you have a course? So they're going to start to look at all the ways once they take their foot off the gas that you're going to be able to keep selling it for the next two to five years. Hmm. So I think it's looking beyond social media. Social media is is important, certainly. Email list, very important. But lots and lots of books get bought every year by clients of mine who have very moderate social media presences, but have great businesses or have great corporate contacts. So we have to look at all the different buckets that a platform can be. Tell us about your podcast too, Rochelle. And <laughs> the fact that you have even just built this incredible like ecosystem, helping your audience with this entire process from your course to the podcast, to the coaching, and your website's an incredible resource. It just shows you how much demand there is for this. Yeah. And you've really cornered this market. But tell us about the podcast. It's so super. Thank you. Well, bound you and of, determined. Bound and determined. You were one of my lovely guests. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I, that podcast was born out of the fact that there is a lack of transparency in the publishing industry. And part of my mission is to just crack that open so people know what they're getting into, right? A lot of people don't know that it. the second you sign your book deal, it takes 18 to 24 months for your yes. book to come out, right? So they're the things that no one's talking about. So I love to have authors on, industry experts, agents, all of that, so that people can hear from the mouths of experience what to expect and really sometimes how to fast track that process. So mm-hmm. I love it. You know, it drops every Monday. It's a labor of love. I it's just it's so fun for me to do. Have you done an episode yet on how to feel empowered throughout the publishing experience as an author, because sometimes, especially new authors, uh, you're just so excited and grateful to have a publisher. I remember when I was a first-time author and feeling like I had to do everything the publisher wanted me to do. Yeah, the, the, the cover, I didn't have any vote on that. Um, however they wanted to edit the book, then you know what? They're the professionals. But it took some time and some coaching from my agent and other experienced authors to know that, no, it's these are all just recommendations and the publisher wants the best for you and they have a lot of experience, but you don't have to lose your voice in the process either. Yeah. Yeah, I often, there are many episodes that talk about this and I call it a marriage, right? Because that's really what it is. It's your ideas meets their expertise and you come to a middle ground. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth and advocating for what your vision is. And there's also 
surrendering to the expertise of the other people in the room. So there's a lot of back and forth. We also cover the three points of resistance that every writer hits. Right? There's a lot in the feels, as I say, um, where you know people need that type of support to know that they're not alone in the way that they're feeling because it's just nobody is immune from these feelings that come up. No one's immune from the overwhelm. Um, but learning how to advocate for yourself in the process is really a powerful lesson. And we do spend a lot of time talking about that. All right. I want everyone to go check out rochellefredston.com slash blueprint. If you want to make 2024 the year that you maybe don't get published, but get a publishing deal, because you're right, it does. There is a timeline. There's a timeline. (laughs) Rochelle, always an advocate and friend. Thank you so much. And I hope you, uh, you book up fast. Thank you. Booking up fast. How much longer is this open? (laughs) It it closes on the 12th. Okay. Good to know. Thank you for having me. Anytime. To learn more about Rochelle's book proposal blueprint, go to rochellefredson.com slash blueprint. I'll put that link in the show notes. I'll see you back here on Wednesday when our guest is Berkeley economist Jesse Rothstein on the state of the job market. Thanks for tuning in and I hope your day is so money. 